If it's not broke, don't fix it. That's good advice, especially to a culture that gets rid of fully functional smartphones just to get another fully functional, but newer, smartphone. Welcome to Behind the Text, a podcast from First Covenant Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. For the next few episodes, we will look at the atonement. What is it? How do we understand it? And what do we do once we begin to get it? Sounds like fun, eh? Atonement. This is a word and concept with a long history. It has been common through the history of Christianity that generations will live under a single understanding of the atonement, which overshadows all others. Each theory or image of the atonement seeks to explain how Jesus dealt with the problem of human sin. We know that Jesus did something through his death and resurrection to address the problem, but how exactly did he actually change the scenario? Is the death and resurrection of Jesus simply an example to follow, or did something objectively change through that selfless act of giving his life? To what degree can I or you participate in what Jesus did through his death and resurrection? The questions just leap off the page the more you dig in. Let's keep it simple today, though, and begin searching for a definition. Atonement, as an English word, is simply at one minute. It points to a relational problem, and the word itself shows the solution. Atonement is putting together what is broken, specifically the relationship between two people. Within the New Testament, there are many images that illustrate what Jesus did. Manumission from slavery, redemption as of a debt, transformation, adoption, just to name a few. All of this is rooted originally in the sacrificial system of the Old Testament. In that system, a sacrifice was made which would make atonement for sin. It would, life for life in most cases, give one life for another, or in some way come at great cost and clear up what was broken. Once the issue of sin had been addressed in this way, the unholy human would be made holy, in a sense, again, and thus able to be in close relationship with a holy God. Of course, this is all overly simplistic, but we are scratching at the surface here for a beginning. Perhaps a good place to begin understanding the atonement is by seeking to grasp the gravity of sin. Sin, as the old catechism states, is all in thought, word, and deed which is contrary to the will of God. Imagine that you or someone you know is a wonderful artist. That artist puts their heart and soul in creating a work of art that is just magnificent. The artwork then finds its way to a home that has no appreciation for this particular piece of art. The canvas is torn up and used as coasters. It's used for cleaning the toilet. Sad. That would be a misuse of a good thing. That's what sin is. It is a misuse of what God intended for good. It is godlessness. As Cornelius Plantinga says, godlessness spoils the proper relation between human beings and their maker and savior. Sin, we could simply say, is the opposite of God's character. If that is the case... We can see the difficulty that would arise if our artist above were asked to go and live with the people who destroyed the artwork. Whether the destroyers thought it was hideous or just could not appreciate the work does not matter for our example. 
If the artist was to live with the destroyers, there would need to be some atonement. The relationship would need to be repaired in some way so that they could be in close proximity to each other without a giant elephant constantly in the room. An offense was made against the artist, and it was a very personal offense. That is, in simple terms, the problem of sin and what the atonement through Jesus seeks to address. You know, a number of years ago, I was given some really good relationship advice, which has come in pretty handy as a pastor. I think you'll find it works many places. When two parties have a relational breach, the way to repair that breach is to take an interest in the other party and move close again. It is counterintuitive because our desire is often to separate further, but that will never fix the problem. Sure, you can take a moment to get some space and perspective, but only enough time to regain your footing. If you consider the broken relationship that humans have with God through sin, Jesus modeled this very advice. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Counterintuitive? Sure. Effective? Yes. Am I thankful Jesus did it? Absolutely. Let's continue together to understand how Jesus made things right in this world broken by sin. Thanks for listening. If you benefited from this podcast, I guarantee one of your friends will too. Share this podcast via text, social media, email, CD, or 8-track. If you want to suggest a future podcast theme, go to firstcovenantlincoln.org media and use the form to submit your questions and ideas. I'm Pastor Evan, and I'm thankful you took this journey with me. Let's do it again soon.